This podcast is proudly supported by Drama Victoria. Hello and welcome to The Aside, a podcast for drama teachers and students. This is a scriptease episode where we talk through some of the world's greatest plays, jump through the major plot points, give some background, and of course, spoil the endings, all in less than five minutes. We do the hard work so you can do the easy listening. Today we do Top Girls by Carol Churchill from 1982. Why is it called that? The title Top Girls is the name of the employment agency that the main protagonist gets a promotion at. It also reflects the different moments from the play and its main theme of female empowerment. There are two clear parts of the play. The opening act, which is like a dream in a timeless restaurant where great figures from history and fiction talk. The second part is set in reality and it's about women at the top of their game and the prospects of those women that are either on their way up or down. Act 1 opens in a trendy restaurant where Marlene is celebrating her promotion to managing director of the employment agency Top Girls. The scene is absurd and it clearly takes place in no time or place, with all the invited guests being famous female figures from history and fiction. These women share their stories and discuss their past, their battles with the patriarchy and how they were oppressed or how they railed against oppression, and Marlene relates to each one of them differently. Act 2 is set at the Top Girls Employment Agency. Marlene is interviewing a woman named Janine. Marlene reveals that she looks down on Janine for her desire to get married young and have children and have no prospects. Marlene only offers Janine jobs that do not meet her needs. Marlene tells Janine that her interview performance reflects on the agency and to look and act presentably. We move to Joyce's backyard, this is Marlene's sister, where Angie and Kit, two young girls, tease each other and plan to go to town to see an X-rated movie. Angie talks about her desire to kill her own mother and plans to visit her Aunt Marlene in London. Joyce, her mother, makes Angie clean her room and Angie finds ways to defy her by wearing a dress in the rain that makes her mother mad. We move back to the Top Girls Employment Agency where two workers, Wynne and Nell, are drinking coffee and chatting about the men they slept with over the weekend. Marlene arrives and is applauded for being promoted over Howard even though Nell is actually jealous of her. Later, Wynne interviews Louise, who is 46 and angry about being overlooked by young men and feels it's time to move on from this long-term job that she's given her life to. Wynne tells her that companies may value her experience, but they're more likely to hire young men. At the main office at Top Girls, Angie comes to see Marlene, revealing that she has come to London on a one-way ticket without telling her mum. In comes Mrs. Kidd, the wife of Howard, who lost the promotion. Mrs. Kidd requests Marlene give up the promotion since Howard is a nervous wreck and he has a family to support which Marlene obviously refuses. Mrs. Kidd shames and mocks her solitary lifestyle. Nell interviews Shona, who claims to be an experienced 29-year-old, but she really she's 21, and they call her a waste of time. Wynne enters the main office to find Angie and praise Marlene. Wynne tells Angie about her life, about getting married, about her husband's imprisonment, but Angie falls asleep. Nell comes in and tells her that Howard has had a heart attack. Marlene comes into the office. Wynne says she thinks Angie is a nice kid, but Marlene thinks she's a lost cause. We flash to three years earlier, the last time Marlene visited Joyce and Angie in Ipswich. Marlene gives the gift of the dress that Angie wears earlier in the play that upsets her mother so much. We learn that Angie has arranged for the visit and invited Marlene without telling her mum Joyce. We learn more about Joyce and Marlene's past and Marlene even tucks Angie in. We find out that Joyce had to look after their mother and Angie is actually Marlene's biological child. It comes out that Marlene got pregnant with Angie at age 17. Joyce and her husband Frank offered to take the child, but then Joyce blames the stress of raising Angie for their subsequent miscarriages. 
They argue about politics with Marlene the conservative and Joyce being left-wing. Then they talk about their parents' working-class struggles. Marlene does not feel that she should be expected to help the useless people find jobs. Joyce thinks that Angie falls into a category that they label stupid, lazy and frightened, but Marlene brushes off her concerns. Joyce expects Angie to have a wasted life so long as England is run by people like her, meaning the Conservative Party. Marlene tries to apologise, but Joyce says that she does not want to be friends with her sister and goes back to bed. The play ends with Angie waking and insinuating she has heard the conversation between their sisters. If you didn't know the play before, you do now a bit. If you like the sound of it, have a read. That was Script Tease. Remember, this was just our version of the play's story, highlighting the bits that we think are important. You may have your favourite bits and moments you want to mention. If you do, please leave a comment on SoundCloud or Facebook. We'd love to hear from you. That's all from us at The Aside in this episode of Script Tease. There are a load of episodes in the bank, including more Script Tease episodes and over 200 episodes of The Aside. If you'd like to ask us a question, do not hesitate to do so at asidepodcast at outlook.com. Thank you to Eltham College for letting us record here, to Aaron Searle for providing the music, to Drama Victoria for their ongoing support, and of course, thank you for listening.